0: It's the Round Ball Rock Podcast, starring Dave Schilling, LaSalle Thompson, David Thirdkill, Joey Devine, Wallace Bryant, Wayne Sapleton, Sean Keane, Jose Slaughter! Special Patreons! Gurban Ghoulie, Bernie Muhammadu! Yes, he's the totalitarian president of Turkmenistan! And a dentist! Thank you, David Hafner! And Phil Oaks! Thank you, Ryan Campbell! Musical guest, Thompson Twins! And now the temporary host of Round Ball Rock, Joey Devine! Hi, it's me,
2: Joey Divine, your temporary host of Round Ball Rock, and we are back with a new episode of the podcast. I'm here as always with my good friend and permanent co-host, Sean Keen. Sean, how are you? I'm
3: good. I'm good, Joey.
2: Uh, I heard you got in a basketball adjacent altercation. Not to be a real Byron Allen with this setup. No, but, no, no. Uh, I, I like it. Uh, so, uh, so Shauna, tell me. Uh, I heard you got in a basketball adjacent altercation. <laughs> Look, we want this show to be more like Comic View. Yeah, I, I, Comics I, Unleashed, not Comic Comics View. Comics Unleashed.
1: I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Comic View Allen.
2: would have way too much Darren
1: Carter, the party starter, for my
2: uh, <laughs> for my taste.
1: Yeah, yeah. When you, um, when you used to have a job classifying comedy, um, I feel like urban voice was the most problematic category that you had to choose.
2: Yes, I also once got in an argument in a meeting, uh, over <laughs> putting Jeff Dunham's voice as white.
1: Well, oh, because like the terrorist has no uh, racist because. Sex? Uh,
2: white was the baseline. Like, you're supposed to use white voice for, like, when a comic is... Like, a black comic was doing white voice. Oh. You know what I mean? But I was like, this is the whitest shit I've ever heard. This needs to be white.
1: He's doing a white voice. <laughs> My God. What an entertainer, though. Um. So, um... I was just... I, I went on a hike yesterday, and, like, in the middle of the hike... Um my girlfriend texted me and she needed quarters. So I was like, all right, I'll just walk to Trader Joe's. As I'm walking, I like walk into a crazy fight. I was just it's again in a fairly placid area of Los Angeles in Los Feliz. Um some dude apparently and this is all from the recap, a big like really jacked dude was just like on his phone on the sidewalk outside mm-hmm. of an apartment, and as I'm walking up, a dude in a, a much smaller guy has just pulled up in a car and he's like parked in front of a, a fire hydrant, and the the huge dude just said, "Oh, are you my doordash guy?" And I think he must have misheard it because it immediately turned into it went from zero to a hundred very quickly in terms of the aggression. Uh, the guy in the car started yelling, uh, gay slurs at the man
3: on, on the sidewalk.
1: Uh Um, I think he must've just misheard the word dash Joey. That was my guess. So I see them. Oh, and at one point the guy in the car brandished a blue pair of nunchucks. I'm sorry. What? He, I was just watching from like 25 feet away as they were like getting closer and as they're yelling back and forth, the guy produced a blue pair of nunchucks, which, from my angle, looked like they had been conjured out of the air. But apparently, dude was just driving around with nunchucks on the passenger seat.
2: Okay, cool, cool. Um, and, so yeah. what does uh you watching a guy fight Bagel Boss Man have to do with basketball shorts? <laughs> Well,
1: I I tried to break up the fight, Mm -hmm. which was stupid. I should have immediately started filming and shouting world star. Mm -hmm. And uh, I believe I would be a TikTok celebrity right now. Mm -hmm. Um, Instead, I tried to intervene. um, But I think to them it was very confusing because I was not like. I kind of came out of nowhere and I was Mm -hmm. wearing um, a homemade Shirt celebrating the 2000, 2001 warriors uh-huh. that a uh, friend of the podcast, uh, DJ Eli Freshmode had made, um, which said it's a great time out on the front. Mm-hmm. And then the back said, uh, of Cummings, mm-hmm. um, which I think was extremely confusing for the guys involved in the fight to have a weirdo like that just emerge, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, I kind of broke up the fight, sort of. But then um, the small guy didn't really run away. So the big guy, after like 15 seconds or so, just kind of shoved me aside and went and punched him a couple more times. Cool. So I didn't really stop anything. I kind of hurt my jaw. And then... Um, How did you hurt I, your jaw? Did you get punched? Um, I kind of got... I don't really remember. I took like an elbow... When I was grabbing the big guy's arms mm-hmm. and then um, it was like there was a tackle, but really it was just that a fight had gone on for more than 10 seconds and everyone was horribly winded. Mm-hmm. So we kind of just fell to the ground in slow motion and it might have just been that. Um, anyway, and then I continued on to Trader Joe's where the adrenaline finally kicked in like as I walked inside and suddenly I was just like, what the fuck? Butternut squash it a zigzag? Joe, you crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was really I was really keyed up, but then I just uh got quarters and went home. But I think they were probably I don't know. I felt like I had the spirit of Vontigo Cummings in me, Joey. No, Vontigo Cummings <laughs> wasn't breaking
2: up any fights. No. no. Dude. He uh he
1: would have <laughs> he would've, he would have laid he would have stayed back. Maybe the spirit of like Chris Mills is too much of a fight starter. No,
2: Chris Mills is the nunchuck brandisher in this story, for sure. Yeah,
1: except except that the guy with the nunchucks really got hammered. Like, at the end of the fight... After yeah, Chris been, Mills
2: like, would have gotten his fucking ass kicked.
1: By the jailblazers? Are you kidding me? Oh, you're right, and he's, and he's into fighting a guy in a car. Well, the guy in the car, oh my <sighs> god. At the end, he drove like 25 feet further and started yelling again. And then the big guy just ran after him again, and then he just started punching his car. Mm -hmm. It was fucking crazy, Joey. And um, yeah, I kind of it was like a hate crime, but I don't think either one of them was gay. Mm -hmm. So actually, it seemed like it was maybe an extremely homophobic reaction. Sure. Yeah. So anyway, it was it was a crazy incident. What's but, even uh,
2: crazier is that guy was his door dasher. He um, was. was
1: <laughs> he, he was mad about the company stealing tips. Yeah, uh huh. Um. Before we get to uh, what we're going to do, that's a good story, Sean. Thank you for sharing Thank it. You. I'm I'm really bad at fighting, but I'm okay if people don't know I'm in the fight and I can sneak up from behind. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, and so then I don't, like, uh...
1: fight. I don't actually fight. <laughs> uh
2: huh. So you're like uh like a spy.
1: Yeah. Like a yeah, like a like a, a really weak spy
3: though, Joey. Right, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Um or like uh You're like one of the uh the you're like one of the faceless League of Shadows in Bat uh ninjas in Batman uh yeah, begins. But also, <laughs> yeah.
1: But also like kind of crossed with um like 2002, Jeff Van Gundy.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that sounds right. But
1: earlier than that, but but Jeff, 1996, Jeff. Van well, Gundy. you hate basketball, so. Oh yeah, that's true. It does make sense? <laughs> um, <laughs>
2: but before we get to the rest of our show, thank you for sharing, Sean. Um, I do want to uh, make an announcement. Patreon listeners, sorry we didn't do a Patreon this week. I was on vacation. Um, where'd you go? Anaheim, Disneyland, baby. Um, should,
1: that's where the Clippers should have moved to, like 15 years ago, right? No, they right at the pond.
2: No, that's depressing.
1: Um. <laughs> yeah, they, it would have been like, it's so funny that Mike Trout plays for presume the Los Angeles Angels, but like it, Anaheim might as well be like, three states away, mm-hmm. it feels. But you went to Disneyland, probably. Yeah, with uh, some children. It was
2: fun. Ah, that's fun. Um, Speaking of Disneyland, though, uh, mm-hmm. I would be remiss if I didn't shout out uh, our friends, uh, the Take It or Break It podcast, Corbin mm-hmm. A. Smith and Disneyland ruiner John Wilms uh, for um ending their uh, Patreon podcast this week. Uh, I'm going to miss it. Love you guys. Oh, um,
1: yeah. Th- th- gone too soon.
2: Yeah. Uh, long long live the bitch center. Um, <laughs> also, uh, speaking of Patreons, if you'd like to donate to ours, you can at patreon.com slash roundrockpod, um, where you can get in our Discord chat. You can get extra episodes every week except for last week and um, uh, get a bunch of cool stuff. Um merch is still being made, I promise. Mm-hmm. Uh I sound I feel like a weird broken record, but it will it is happening, I promise.
1: Also, this is like this is kind of an informal benefit, but uh if you if you happen to be um wanting to attend like a stand-up show, mm-hmm. um let me let me know cuz cuz often I can put uh some of our listeners on a list. Sure. Um and if you come to the business every Monday night in Los Angeles, that's I'll, already uh,
2: free. I'll give you a drink ticket though. Oh hell yeah, dude. Yeah. Um also follow us on Twitter at rock Pod, email us at roundrockpod at gmail.com, call us on the phone. That is uh the phone number that is embedded in this uh in the description of this episode, and I think that's all our business, right? Oh, five star reviews. Um give us five star reviews on iTunes. It's weird they only let you give five star reviews, but it's true. And also, special thank you to uh, our friend at Silky Johnson Twenty
1: oh Three this week, God. who
2: did some amazing Photoshop work for us by photoshopping Daryl Morey's head on Ricky Gervais's body uh with the word audit scrawled in blood on his chest mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. Um, it's uh currently being blown up by my printer so i can have it above my bed uh-huh. so i can look at it while i fall asleep
2: um all right should we do some reader mail here
1: yeah let's do reader mail this is round ball rock reader mail communications from listeners why do we call it reader mail It is confusing for robots.
2: Alright, our first question comes from M. Burchett. He says, It's fairly common knowledge that Michael Jordan played Anita Baker and Whitney Houston before games. So which modern NBA stars listen to which famous diva before games and why? Like, does LeBron listen to Mariah Carey for her incredible vocal range and pop sensibility? Or Gladys Knight for her down-home roots and ability to lift a mediocre pips lineup to greatness? Who listens to Mavis Staples? Hmm. Here's what I want to do here, Sean. Yeah. I am right now Googling the Wikipedia page to the VH1 Divas.
1: Oh, fantastic. And
2: I We're going to go diva to
1: diva. Okay. And figure out and match. By, by the way, I, I will say that uh, LeBron and Gladys Knight, he would be forcing those pips out of town.
2: Mm hmm. I mean, so it, we're just going to do the first divas because I did not realize there there's, are a, 12 lot, VH1 there's divas. a lot of VH1 divas. Yeah. yeah. So let's do there's our first tier.
1: questionable divas.
2: Um Let's start with guest performer Carol King.
1: Ooh. Okay, Carol King. Which uh, NBA
2: player is most likely to listen to Carol
1: King, Sean. Hmm. Because I think that person's gonna be like a real, like Brill building person. Mm-hmm. Um You know what? I'm gonna say it's Victor Oladipo. Because he Ooh. because of his singing. And um, he's like a dork, you know. Right, he's a dork.
2: Carol yeah. King, though, to me is a little, little more offbeat than mm-hmm. Victor Ledipo likes to go. You've seen those dumb sweaters he wears. He wears the most normy sweaters possible. Yeah, I just um, think I think he'd be into the songwriting. Sure, but Carol King's like a kind of a weirdo. You know what I mean? Who? Like who do you at think least would a listeners? a young person who would listen to Carol King now is. A little weirder than Victor Oladipo.
1: Uh, Who do you think that is?
2: You know what? I think... I'll tell you who it isn't first. It's not Donovan Mitchell. Who is somehow more normy and boring than Victor Oladipo.
1: (laughs) Yeah, he's like... uh, Look... uh, I gotta say good for you and your nickname and i'm proud of spider-man but that is a (laughs) that's a lame choice dude okay for a guy who's not very (laughs) spider-man like i'll I'll say that
2: right now i'm gonna say sean a lot of weird things have happened on this show in the past uh but you saying you're proud of spider-man is a just a really weird funny sentence to say i I love it
1: man (laughs) <laughs> of course, what if what if Spider-Man was more like Donovan Mitchell where it was like he's not like a downtrodden guy. He actually has like a pretty good job as a staff mm-hmm. photographer at the Daily Bugle and Jonah Jameson like really supports him and submits him for a lot of awards, but he's just miserable because he hasn't won enough Pulitzers <laughs> yet.
2: Um you know who I think? I think Joel Embiid is a Carol King man. Ooh, I could see that. Don't you yeah. think he'd really like the song "You Make Me Feel Like a Natural Woman"? Because well, he's, he's like, like confident enough in his own masculinity too. Well, I think I think he's a "You've Got a Friend" guy. Yeah. Well, that is the other song she played
1: at VH1's yeah. Divas. <laughs> oh, well there there you go. Also, he's like such a clean slate. I could just see him. I don't know. I I, I think I think that Joel Embiid is. Uh... I think he's probably a feminist. Okay. I really do. Okay,
2: Sean, here's a hard one. Okay, Shania Twain.
1: Ooh. Okay, what do you think about this, Shania Twain? It does it have to be an active NBA player. No. I think it's Baron Davis, and I think that it wasn't because of her music. He just saw her appearance in I Heart Huckabee's. Mm-hmm. And became intrigued, and then was like, you know what? There's some some real emotional stuff here, and he like he kind of likes that she took a little dig at Brad Pitt.
2: You know, Barry what? Davis
1: also a feminist.
2: I like that. Um, but I mean, to me, there's only one NBA player I know who listens to country, and that man is Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler. <laughs> 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 it seems like a weird match, I know, but. It's the he's the only very one I vocal know.
1: about it. <laughs> um. All right. Do you, think he, do you think he also like hates young country, and he's like, oh, that young country <laughs> artist staying up too late?
2: I think Jimmy Butler was the only person in the NBA who was pro removing Old Town Road off the, <laughs> the Billboard Hot <laughs> Country 100
1: chart. He's like, nah, Billy Ray Cyrus doesn't count. <laughs> they're just they're trying to circumvent the rules. <laughs> He's
2: like I need more Brad Paisley in my life. All right. Um This one I think is the easiest one. Okay. Gloria Stefan. I could see like 100 NBA players listening to rocking some Miami Sound Machine.
1: Yeah. Um I mean I I feel like I need to disqualify members of the Miami yes. Heat though just because like I don't know. I don't I don't think I feel like when you have a personal friendship with Gloria Mm Stefan, as I assume Udonis Haslam has. (laughs) Right. Dwayne Wade
2: definitely has. Dwayne Wade has definitely been to her house.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: (laughs) I bet it's lovely. So who is the most tropical non-Miami player? Who is most likely to ride barefoot, ride a Vespa barefoot?
1: You know, I, I don't know if... This is true of him now, but um, I could really see Al Horford as having been Mm -hmm. a glorious Stefan guy, like the combination of, you know, Caribbean background, but also Miami being well, also being like old when he was young. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like he was he was already like a four year NBA veteran as a college junior. Uh, I have a
2: different one. Um, I think it's Boogie Cousins. Oh, he just—you uh, know—he seems like the guy who wants to feel that mamba. You know what I mean?
1: What what song do you think he likes? I mean, come on, you know what song he likes. The the rhythm is going to get you, yeah. Of course, I think he likes her uh, version of Bad Boys.
2: Okay, I like it.
1: Um, all right, Aretha Franklin, Sean. Well, I mean, there's so many who like Aretha Franklin. I think it's weirdly um, a
2: young person. Yes. Yes, exactly. <laughs> a young guy like like. I have one. This one jumped out to me right away. I weirdly th- I think it's Kyle Kuzma, dude. Wow.
3: <laughs> just He's like, like
2: kind of an old head. No, movie. no. Kyle Kuzma is just always trying so hard to be interesting oh and being a man that young who like really loves like old music is a real like i i'm trying to be
1: interesting move you know what i mean i, I understand i think i think somebody who just no posturing wouldn't tell you about it but legitimately loves him mike conley yeah oh for sure mike yeah to aretha mm-hmm. all
2: right mariah carey
1: I mean this is like everyone in the NBA. Yeah. But uh
2: <laughs> but who loves Mariah Carey the most, Sean? This one also was easy to me.
1: You know, like I at first I was this is not correct, but I did imagine um Anthony Randolph listening to the song Hero and weeping. <laughs> This to me. But no, I think it's I think it's like somebody who is more into like someday and emotions. Uh, who do you, who do you think it is? Car- Carmelo Anthony. It was like the easiest oh. shit in the world to me. <laughs> I kind of think it's like. <laughs> oh, yeah, I bet. I bet he like lost his mind. uh, Like w- watching that performance at Michael Jordan's last All-Star mm-hmm. game.
2: Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> He wants that the, so bad. And you know what? I'm with him. NBA, give it to him. Yeah. We'll, we're going to get into somebody else that's related to Melo having the same problem right now. But the NBA's really got to get its shit together here with some of these guys. Just let uh, Melo have a year.
1: Let someone like, pick him up. Oh, is um, Quinn
2: Cook really that much better?
1: No, he's worse. Yes. He's <laughs> the Carmelo Anthony, Joey. Like, easily. Um, I think I would say Kelly Oubre would be my Ryan character. Oh, that's guy. a good one. I like that one. Just he he likes the dancier ones though, not mm-hmm. so much the
2: ballads. All right, here's another, and they all everyone loves "All I Want for Christmas Is You." Yeah, that's like the NBA's Christmas song. It really is. I would
1: <laughs> love. I wish they had made Rasheed Wallace and those Pistons rookies <laughs> sing that one. All right, and finally, Sean, your biggest headliner of VH1 Divas Live,
2: 1998. You know what? We might have to return to this.
1: Well, there's other Divas shows. No, that's
2: what I mean. I think this is going to... I'm not making a drop tonight, (laughs) but the next time we do it, there's going to be a drop. Okay. We're going to return to (laughs) Divas. (laughs) But, Sean, Celine Dion... Wow. (laughs) Who in the NBA secretly is listening to Celine Dion to hype themselves up?
1: Uh, It's a man named Andrew Wiggins, and it explains the way he plays. (laughs)
2: Uh, Which Celine Dion jam do you think he's uh, most into? Uh, It's all coming back to me now. Mm. See, I don't think he has enough power for Celine Dion or it's all coming
1: back to me now. I just think it's like he's like pure Canada, and he thinks it's psyching him up, but it's just draining him emotionally, and he just plays like the shell of a man.
2: I have a story about it's all coming back to me now.
1: Please, when
2: I went when I went on the eighth grade field trip to uh, <laughs> to Washington D.C. Uh, we took a red eye. I'd never been on a plane by myself before. And I didn't have a disc man. So I uh-huh. was just listening to airplane radio stations. Mm-hmm. And there was a station that just played those two Celine Dion songs <laughs> from that soundtrack, whichever up close and personal on I believe, repeat uh, yeah it's all coming back to me now but i fell asleep listening to it but was in that like non-plane non-sleep plane sleep you know Uh huh. so from a flight from oakland california to washington dc i was having i had so what six hours is that a six hour flight a five hour flight something like that Something like that, yeah. I listened as a thirteen-year-old boy listened to "It's All Coming Back to Me Now" essentially on repeat. Oh my god! Not on purpose, <laughs> right?
1: But still, but for six a lot or five straight hours. <laughs> do you Do you want to know a weird fact about this? Sure. So, um, <laughs> it was apparently it was written a long time. Before it was uh, recorded, mm-hmm. and it's the guy who the guy who wrote it um, does a lot of work with Meatloaf. Mm-hmm. And yeah, yeah, he's
2: the Bat Out of Hell guy. I forget his yeah, name.
1: Yeah, yeah. And so Meatloaf wanted to put it on Bat Out of Hell too, mm-hmm. and then he's like, "No, no, no, no. I'll I'll use I'll do anything for love, but I won't do that." Um, and then the co-writer wanted to give it to some weird project group he had called Pandora's box Mm -hmm. and ended up getting a court order preventing meatloaf from recording the song.
2: I mean, if uh, you
1: think about it, it really is a meatloaf song. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, Anyway. And so actually Celine Dion's version is a cover. Mm hmm. Anyway, uh, I believe it. It it just it's so great to me to imagine Meatloaf getting sued f- in order to prevent him from recording something. Um, I do
2: think you are right that someone is listening to that particular song before a game.
1: Uh-huh.
2: Um. But I don't think. That it's Andrew Wiggins. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Uh It feels like a real Bradley Beal song to me. Ooh. Just like, uh, you know, it's but only when John Wall is hurt, where he's like touching the ball. It's all coming back to me now. You know what I mean?
1: <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah. Like you can pass it away. But yeah, yeah. there's no one else on the team. Um, <laughs>
2: all right, I'm not going to do this with everyone, Sean, but uh-huh. I just want you to know the list of present presenters for Divas Live is very wild. Oh, please. Uh, Jennifer Aniston.
1: Okay, makes a lot of sense. Patricia Arquette. You know, indie diva. <laughs> Sarah Jessica Parker. A pure, definite diva. Susan
2: Sarandon. You know. It's 98 it, it, though for sarah jessica parker is sex in the city a show at that point i don't know maybe it's just starting but uh-huh. here's the other the the other weird ones terry hatcher
1: oh yeah sex in the city is just premiering mm-hmm. so she's doing it for promo yeah yeah terry hatcher Ooh, not not as much of a diva as some people might have guessed. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sarah McLaughlin. She's presenting but not a diva. Yes. <laughs> I guess Celine Dion got her a spot. She's not as much of a diva, though. No, I but she say. was.
2: it was VH1 in 1998, so legally she was required to be on. Yeah, 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 because they were like, we have to show her every two hours, so. <laughs> uh, and finally, Joan Osborne in 1998. Wow. <laughs> when did that album of hers come out? Not 1998, I'll tell you that much.
1: When did one of us come out? Let's see. You know, that inspired. uh, We we collaborated with her. Yeah, that's 96, dude. I think it came out in 95.
2: But I looked up the Grammy. So when's the Grammy in night or it's nominated for the Grammy in 96.
1: As far as I know, she has only one album. (laughs) So she's still riding the one of us wave. Joey, can I make a confession? Yeah. I'm a big fan of that album. I believe it. Relish. Uh, By I think the way. Probably my parents just had it on CD and I was like, oh.
2: By the way, back to Gloria Stefan, and Boogie Cousins. I've thought about it. It's not Rhythm is going to get you that he likes the most. It's Get On Your Feet. Oh,
1: yep, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and like, I think, I think like maybe I could feel like that being a song he embraced during his rehab, too sure
2: um all right that question took much longer for us to answer than i thought it would uh-huh. um l half narrow asks we all know that the lopez twins' cats hate each other but which nba players cats slash dogs slash etc would get along super well
1: um I mean, I kind of feel like Clay's dog would get along with anyone, kind of like Clay himself. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess there are probably a lot of NBA players who own cats. It's just, I th- I think of that less.
2: Well, Maybe that's I mean, there aren't person. that many, though. There's a whole Twitter. Um, th- There is. There is a How whole Twitter dedicated is. to it. But... I do know because it was on the local news yesterday uh-huh. that Jordan Pool, Warriors rookie, actually uh-huh. adopted two Maine Coon cats yesterday from the wow, Bay Area you an Animal Shelter. For
1: a Maine Coon owner, right?
2: Uh, I am. Well, no, ours is not a Maine Coon. He just looks like one because he's small. No. He's a. According to the vet, he's a Norwegian wood cat or a Norwegian oh, forest cat. Sorry.
1: If it was a Norwegian wood cat, that would be tight just um, in. The- if the, in the movie yesterday, they forget that that is even a breed of cat. <laughs>
3: um,
2: I'll tell guess. you
1: whose dog isn't
2: getting along with anybody's. Who's that? I know this is not the question, but uh, <laughs> Udonis Haslam's castrated dog is not oh, getting he's, along he's with anybody.
1: everyone. <laughs> like he's breeding forgot, fighting dogs,
2: right? In case you forgot, Udonis Haslam had a dog who was accidentally neutered mm-hmm. and then sued the guy for hundreds of thousands of dollars because apparently the breed of dog is so rare the semen would cost
1: that much money all yeah, right Donis haslam <laughs> claimed he was making tens of thousands of dollars in semen money every month
3: <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: congratulations adonis haslam um Whose pets would get along really well? I think
2: Zach Randolph's pets would get along really well with Zion Williamson's pets.
1: Ooh. Yeah, I could see that. They're probably like real well fed. All of those. (laughs) I also this this may be unfair, but I feel like Zach Randolph is probably a messy eater and very generous with like just tossing pieces of food to a of human food to a pet.
2: Zach Randolph's the best. The best. Um, yeah. All right, let's save this Tlay Thompson question for the Patreon this week. I think we uh, could do a long one. It's a good. That. It's a pretty good question. Yeah. Um. And then, Mister Aggregator asked what is your guys thoughts on player empowerment i think it's bullshit because only a few guys in the league have this quote-unquote power we're starting to hear so much about it i think it's clear the owners want to crack down on it before the next cba it's being pushed really hard in the media right now
1: i mean i i do agree that owners want to crack down on it but they always fuck up when they try to do it yeah They just make it worse for
2: themselves. They should
1: actually roll it back and make... I mean, there were a lot of sign-in trades this year, and it makes me think that um, they're not going to want to uh, be as punitive about them Mm -hmm. now. I mean, who knows? But it seems like so many teams were participating in them. Like, I don't really know that... NBA owners are into everybody being hard-capped.
2: I also kind of disagree that there's only a few guys in the league with the power. Because so many veteran guys have gotten bought out just because they've asked in the last couple of years. Um, Robin Lopez is
1: the exception to that. Um, Dwayne Wade gave up a ton of money in his buyout. I'd be curious about that, actually. I want somebody to... Some some aspiring basketball guy should like find out how much these guys are actually giving up in buyouts. Because often it's nothing.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: But but I'm kind of curious, like, you know, who was who was actually willing to uh give up a bunch of salary to move around.
2: And also like Pat McCaw got to leave. In previous years, that never would have happened. Right. Pat yeah. McCaw would just be out of the league. Or, yeah. um, be stuck on the Warriors for
1: three years or whatever. Yeah, that was that was a weird situation. I also, I so there were a lot of just very strange. Uh, I I'm still like baffled by the D'Angelo Russell move, and not so much from the Warriors' perspective. Like that, whether you agree with it or not, like it, there's like a logic to it. It just seemed very weird that he um, signed with them so fast. I mean, I guess it's not like a bad destination or anything, but uh it felt like if anyway, um I mean, I do think that probably the um middle class of players is getting a little bit screwed. But it just seems like the the vagaries of the salary cap going up and how much cap space teams have, which seems fairly random, Mm -hmm. seems like it's like the biggest factor on uh, how much like guys can move around and how much they get paid. Well,
2: I would actually argue the guys who are getting the most screwed are guys like, again, we're going to talk about this, like Jeremy Lin and Carmelo Anthony. Um, where they're like f- these like fringe veterans who are clearly better than young guys but the premium is so on young guys that they're just having to go to china or whatever
1: yeah and i mean there's or even, the big I, three i believe we have cba provisions that you know, make the veteran minimum only count the same as the normal minimum. Mm-hmm. But I wonder if I, I, I'm i not like smart enough about the CBA to know this, but I wonder if that doesn't work if you're hard capped or if there's some kind of like no, weird no, those, tax factor. Those work. Um,
2: no, I actually do know this, but it just becomes a game of like, what if you develop Quinn Cook for three years instead of having Joe Johnson for a year? Like, yeah. your, your upside is so much better having a guy you can develop for cheap for three years than having a guy that can play right now for only a year.
1: Because it's all this, like, weird
2: asset. Oh, the roster's actually a portfolio. Right, but and it's also guys are getting paid so much, such a high percentage of the salary cap that those... Small numbers you want to have those guys at really
1: low value contracts. You like want if we, we sign him to a, a series of a four year non guaranteed deal. And it was like what the Rockets were trying to do to with Daniel House last year. Yes. Where it's just like, how can we make this more like baseball and turn it into indentured servitude? But even
2: like a guy like Damian Lee with the Warriors is getting screwed because like Damian Lee is like uh, you know he's a fringe NBA player but like mm-hmm. he there's no reason not to have him on a roster but no one's signing him because he's like 25 so he's Doesn't having he... to sign two two ways every year yeah he year. signed
1: another two way
2: yeah right?
1: the two way seems more of an exploitation than an opportunity i'm going to say 100% it's just like you're all making so much money.
2: But also, my biggest problem with... Oh, also, we didn't really answer. I'm pro-player empowerment, obviously. Like, fuck owners. Uh, oh. Players should get to work where they want and get all the money they want.
1: Um, uh, I think the reason we're hearing so much about it is absolutely... Uh, yes. Like, ownership sources and yeah, lead there's office mad, sources. They're,
2: they're mad at Rich Paul and Anthony Davis. That's all this is. Right. Um and Kawhi Leonard now, um what, that one, that one's weird. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the biggest problem with the quote unquote player empowerment era is uh Bill Simmons running rampant with uh, uh made up words. <laughs> well, and and like like a calling you know, it the really... player empowerment era, where he went through. And named eras of NBA decades this week He also has been talking
1: about Free agency in terms of Tinder or dating apps Basically (laughs) since Tinder existed And he keeps forgetting he did it And he's like, I got a new name for this It's the Swipe Right era And then you're like Actually four years ago You're like, I got a name for this It's the Tinder era (laughs) Um uh, um, I just wonder yeah. if he's just like, if we were able to go back far enough, I wonder if there were some like weird AOL columns where he's like, <laughs> Oh, what are, what a lots of morning? But <laughs> go yeah. to the heat from the Hornets.
2: And this is like
0: the, this is like the classified ads era.
2: <laughs> NBA players. I, be- I mean, players, NBA writers. I beseech you. We need to kill pre-agency right now. Oh. We cannot let it become a term that people use. It's so
1: stupid. It like, (laughs) like,
0: oh, oh, it
1: rhymes. But also the problem with it is it also sounds too much like free agency. (laughs) So like, oh,
2: I hate it. Anyway, somehow we made this a thing about Bill Simmons again. But also, yes, I'm of course I'm pro player empowerment. I believe there yeah. shouldn't be a draft and there shouldn't be a salary cap. Um, all right. Uh, from Queen Ozymandias, she asks, "Is Kyrie Irving voting for Marianne Williamson?"
1: I'm. I will say this. Uh, I don't think Kyrie is voting. Yeah, I was gonna say the <laughs> same
2: exact thing.
1: Like. Like, yeah, maybe, but he's like, you know, they're d- like, I don't know how Kyrie thinks elections work, but, uh, I think he definitely does not believe his vote would be counted. He's going to be on a registry. Honestly, he's pretty much correct. It does not matter if you vote or not. Especially but, uh, if you
2: live in New York now. Um, yeah, dude. Like, you're <laughs>
1: but, uh, I don't think AOC would be his, is, is the Barclays Center. I don't think that's in her district. <laughs>
2: I could see he would vote for AOC, I think.
1: Yeah, I just don't I can't see him like going to a polling place. No,
2: it's true. Um, who's Joe Harris
1: voting for? <laughs> oh, Joe Harris. Uh I think he's a Mayor Pete guy oh, for now. Gross. But I think he's paying attention.
2: Um, all right. And then she also asked, why the fuck is Marcus Smart? an angel playing for the fucking Celtics when he could be the chaotic anti-capitalist angel that Philadelphia deserves. All right. Can you provide the context for this? Or I could do it. I could you do it. can do it. So I'm going to or... say that that guy's the French Revolution guy's name wrong. And that's much more your wheelhouse. So I think as a uh... Uh, as as a um, lay Miz head.
1: That is true. That is true. <laughs> I am a I am a Miz head uh team 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 uh gavroche no actually i'm team angel ross actually just fuck marius you know what i'm saying this sucks um anyway marcus smart has been very visible i think it's his birthday or something but uh (laughs) keep going he's um (laughs)
2: the nba is so stupid that we're he, like this guy's been around a lot maybe it's his birthday
1: well he was <laughs> he's well today he was the reason he's been so active today it's not at all his birthday he was it's um,
2: because he's the most famous person on usa basketball
1: well he was he was doing a q and a on twitter to raise money today to get people to donate to uh, Like a charity for kids with cancer Or one specific kid with cancer So that's why there's A million Marcus Smart quotes Because he mm-hmm. was like Basically just doing a fundraiser today on Twitter
2: But and also he's been the most He's the only one Not embarrassed to be on the USA basketball team Yeah Uh, So he's been doing a lot of press around that too Which yeah. if you're Marcus Smart Yeah that's smart and cool Uh, Because in what other context would you be on the USA basketball team, let alone on national TV all the time talking about it? You know, I got
1: to say kind of rules that everybody's dropping out. (laughs) Yeah, I'm super. FIBA, man. Oh, oh, (laughs) FIBA. Oh, good. There's a basketball version of FIFA. No, thank you. (laughs) Also, like if if. If these guys are just going to play 60 games a year, it's like, why are we playing in, like, a trash international tournament? Like, oh, it's a qualifier for the Olympics. They might have to play a
0: tournament in Tokyo to qualify. It's like,
1: (laughs) why don't we just send Kentucky, the University of Kentucky team? Whatever.
0: Just.
2: I don't even send them. Just send, like, the best AAU team and see what happens.
1: Yeah. You know what I mean? Right? What? Send Bron- like what couldn't they just feel the team of NBA players kids that would rule? <laughs> like Shaq's kid, LeBron's kid, Pippin's kid.
0: Like like I
1: bet you could make a team that would at least qualify for the Olympics out of uh, they should just, keep Marcus just the offspring of the '90s Olympics. <laughs> they should team. keep Marcus Smart on that team. Though. Yeah, yeah, he's it still would be there. Even <laughs> he's like camp counselor. Um. Uh, anyway, uh, sorry. So Marcus Smart, the two prominent things he did was uh, last night he was on TV. Sorry, Monday night he was on TV talking about weird Celtics Twitter, mm-hmm. which. Uh, congratulations on the scoop, guys. Um, <laughs> but also, um, he asked a question about... Um, the the sequence was... Someone asked him a question. Okay, so everybody... His charity is called the Young Game Changer Foundation. Uh, fights cancer, I guess. And someone asked him... Coolest Medieval Siege Weapon and Why? And along with it, it was a picture of a trebuchet and a catapult and uh, a a ballista. I don't know what that is, even looking at a drawing. And then Marcus Smart said, None of Above, guillotine by far. Thank you for donating. And everyone – and then someone quote tweeted it, uh, at Connor underscore Griffin – uh wrote Marcus Smart is Robespierre and Marcus Smart quote tweeted that and uh t- quote tweeted fire emoji reign of terror fire emoji mm-hmm. um and so that it that is the reason for believing that uh he is an anti capitalist icon. So here's
2: my first thing. Uh mm-hmm. What I will say is I do think we have confirmation that Marcus Smart listens to Dan Carlin's Hardcore History. Yeah, as as everyone should.
3: <laughs> um,
2: my problem with this comment from our from one of our favorite listeners, Queen Ozymandias, Mandius, uh-huh. um, is referring to the Philadelphia 76ers as anti capitalist. Mm-hmm. Um, they are the most fucking capitalist bullshit team, <laughs> maybe in the NBA. Uh, the process is the most <laughs> venture capitalist fucking dot com Bitcoin fucking hooey uh-huh. possible. Um, let's just acquire as many Lyft drivers as possible.
1: Yeah, and then we slowly cut their wages like boiling frogs in a pan.
2: Um, yeah, and. Uh their owners are like the kings of they're like who closed Toys R
1: Us. Yes, yes, they are. <laughs> um uh, yeah, they're they're like Bain Capital Jr. Yeah. Uh they are the kings of
2: buying a business that is totally fine and then shutting it down because it's it's like the producers, but I'm not even really sure how it works, but uh-huh. it's like the producers for businesses that were fine. <laughs>
1: Yeah, well, and also I kind of believe that that happened with the Sixers, where they were like, "Oh, I guess we can't sell it yet." Um. So uh, my question, Sean? Yes, oh, you have yes. you
2: have a you have something you want to say about this? Well, Go just
1: ahead. just the chaotic anti-capitalist angel of Philadelphia is named Gritty.
2: Yeah. Well, fair. Po- also, that.
1: <laughs> like he, he's more like a literal angel.
2: Um, But I wanted to ask you, Sean, if you had to pick one NBA team that's the most anti-capitalist, who would
1: it be?
3: Ooh. Um,
1: Offhand, I would have to say the Memphis Grizzlies. Okay. Just because they're the closest thing to being run by like a family business. I mean, I know the Lakers are, but... They're not an anti-capitalist thing. Um, well,
2: I mean, would the Timberwolves also be that technically? Because they keep higher they only hire
1: flips on. Well, they do skin. actually <laughs> hire family members, yeah, <laughs> and, and like relatives. That that is weird. Um, but it it is like you know, it's a guy who run who uh, I think I think Robert Perra has a software company. Sure, but it's like he's not a mutual fund. He just, he just kind of has this company and he also owns the Grizzlies. Um, and like it feel it feels like grit and grind despite being, you know, a bit of a bullshit slogan is like legitimately how people in Memphis feel. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it's like, it's weird. The team went there. Um, you know, it's weird they're there at all. Um, and, uh. I mean that 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 was pretty much all I had, Uh, but uh, but also they have they have like like weird weird shit happens where
3: they get really tight. They get really
2: tight when they think about the Martin Luther King assassination
1: during playoff games. (laughs) But like, but like one of their longtime players was like straight up murdered by his wife in like a criminal. Anyway, all of that feels very like caught like their existence is like a cautionary tale about capitalism. Like, man, that's, man, we had to leave Vancouver. Like, I guess, uh, uh t- t- like they made such a horrible mistake with Chandler Parsons, which is the same way that like a rube gets swindled mm-hmm. by a flashy guy from out of town. You know,
2: <laughs> um, I was I My initial thought was the Spurs, but they're kind of like, uh, they're like Cuba, you know what I mean? <laughs> Where it's like a uh, totalitarian pretending to be a socialist, you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, yeah. Well,
1: it's like, what, what is he, the, the heir of the caterpillar fortune? Yeah.
2: Well, I wasn't even thinking about him because he's so off.
1: Oh, you're thinking pop, yeah,
2: he's so hands off, it's but pop and r c. Buford are real like it's like uh, it's like Maoist China, you know what I mean, <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, the secret police are running the show, yes exactly
3: yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> it literally a secret policeman is their coach,
1: dude r. c. buford is a Watergate burglar ass name, <laughs> um. But clearly,
2: uh, I think the most anti-capitalist team is actually, if you're to believe the way people talk about them, it's the uh, New Orleans Pelicans. Because everybody always claims they shouldn't have a team. Oh, they yeah. only have a team because uh, people thought it would, they, because uh, of a natural disaster. And now they're like, we can't take it away. The people
1: own it. Yeah, it's like it's like the opposite of disaster capitalism. The guy who owns
2: speech. it didn't even want it, and well, then he, also, and then he yeah. died, and the wife didn't want it. But then Anthony Davis made her so mad, she's like,
1: "No, I'm keeping it forever, yeah. and I'm gonna run it correctly." Yeah, like like that's it. We gotta wake up. They're trying to steal our resources.
3: Never again.
1: Also, the full name of their mascot is actually Robespierre the Pelican. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people don't know that. Um,
2: all right. Uh, good questions, all. We'll Great We'll job, be back guys. with some more questions in the Patreon episode later this week. Yeah. Um, let's do some news real quick. Yeah. This went much longer than I
1: thought it was going to. The readers were too good. <laughs> I'm gonna say already. Uh, just before we get into the news, we're not gonna talk about Vivek and the moon landing.
2: No, we'll get to that later. Maybe. Uh, <laughs> uh, but here's the news drop.
3: This is
1: round ball rock news, basketball news for humans and robots. Trust the process.
2: All right, Sean, our first story, only because I've alluded to it so much, we actually have to talk about it. Uh, Jeremy Lin is sad.
1: He's really sad. And
2: the same uh, story, it was a very interesting coincidence because there was also a Carmelo Anthony is sad story earlier this week. So it's really Uh, like, what? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. go ahead. Sorry. I was like, it's really like those two are inextricably linked for no reason for the rest of their lives.
3: If they if if Mello had
1: just opened his heart to Lynn Sanity, (laughs) I feel like the whole landscape
2: of the NBA would be different. It's true. Um, But why don't you walk us through this Jeremy Lin story?
1: Okay, so Jeremy Lin is in Taiwan doing something for uh, apparently a Christian outlet called Good TV. And so he was giving a motivational speech. And let me just. Give you some of the things he said. In English, there's a saying, and it says, Once you hit rock bottom, the only way is up. But rock bottom just seems to be getting more and more rock bottom for me. So free agency has been tough because I feel like, in some ways, the NBA has kind of given up on me. After the season, I had to get ready for this Asia trip, and it was the last thing I wanted to do because I knew for six weeks I would just have I would have to just put on a smile, I would have to talk about a championship that I don't feel like I really earned. I would have to talk about a future I don't know i if I want to have, and honestly, it's just embarrassing. it's tough anyway, the theme of the speech was uh never give up
3: mm-hmm.
2: um and of course. Uh, NBA Twitter uh, decided to have the two worst possible takes on this on either side, which is uh, how can he be depressed? He made so much money and uh, lol, Jeremy Lin
1: sucks. (laughs) And I mean, like he he clearly doesn't suck. No, I mean, look, should he be a starting NBA point guard? Probably not but like he's so good at things. Yes. He just got hurt a couple times. Like yeah. he's he's a perfectly adequate backup point guard.
3: Mhm.
1: He's just happens to be 30 years old now. Right. Uh, um, but again, he's
2: he's better than Quinn Cook. Just going to say
1: that. Yeah, dude. Like like there's a lot of guys he's better and than. And I know I and, pick
2: on Quinn Cook a lot, but uh um he's better than Ian Clark who's no longer
1: in the NBA. He signed a Europe somewhere <laughs> yes, today, but... No, but yeah, like, like, okay, so, you know, Jeremy Lin's already mm-hmm. been on the Lakers, right? Yeah, but, but. he uh, he's better than... He's
2: as good as John Rondo, possibly better.
1: Well, they do different things, but yeah, I, I think like I'd close. probably rather have
2: Jeremy Lin. I mean, I'd rather have Jeremy Lin just because uh, I'm anti-homophobes. Yeah, exactly
1: um jeremy lynn who's also uh yeah he's been on fresh off the boat with some of our friends wouldn't you Perry. rather
2: have him than derrick rose
1: yes i guess derrick rose is better at some things but like derrick rose is not like an actually a productive guy he he is like the example of someone in the discord was talking about it but like Someone is gonna score points on your team. Yeah. Like like there's a certain amount of that that's a skill, but like you just see Jeremy Lynn's also like a, a nice good person.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh and I'm also
3: is not.
1: <laughs> no. And also Carmelo Anthony,
2: same thing. Look, Carmelo Anthony uh maybe has some trouble being a uh a backup. Maybe he kind of doesn't only knows one way to play basketball, Mm -hmm. but also he's only asking to play one more year in the NBA. Uh, And um, if you're a team that uh, sucks, just have some fun. Get the, get these two guys in the league. People love these dudes.
1: You know what I mean? Isn't Carmel Anthony still a good three point shooter?
2: um i think he's only okay
1: if i just, remember just right. seems like look damian lillard was talking about uh and like some team needed to give him a shot portland should give him a shot
2: I've
3: well been, damian been,
1: lillard also said but we don't have the money <laughs> in the, the money for a minimum deal <laughs> i guess maybe they don't They they did kind of max out <laughs> um <laughs> God, it's like it is this like weird off season where it got so crazy. Teams are like crunching down to the like thousands of dollars. But
2: all this shit is just a like a tanky, mori dunked on brain dude. Where it's mm-hmm. like good NBA players who are like slightly past prime are like fucking trash now because you'd rather have a guy who maybe could be good in four years. At a minimum it's just, deal. It's such a strange
1: thing where <laughs> the problem is that the teams that he would like naturally go to. This didn't used to be the case. Well, this well, is like, why you look at those like Lakers championship teams. Mm-hmm. You see Mitch Richmond and J.R. Ryder. Right. You know, Mitch Richmond dribbling the ball. Not yeah, like like for the Shaq Kobe teams, right? Um and like it it i don't know man it it actually you know you know what team i don't know if they got a place for him but i think he actually would be not only like not not just like a mascot i think he might be a helpful spur i really do like like uh. they're they're down a forward they need someone who can shoot from the outside he it's pr- it, I don't know. I oh, just... Mellow?
2: Sorry, I thought you were talking about Jeremy
1: Lin. Oh, no, no, no. I mean Mellow.
2: sorry. Yeah. I was going to say, you know who Jeremy Lin would really help? Uh the fucking Orlando Magic. <laughs> he would help the Magic. The Phoenix Suns, like these are teams that have like one point guard. <laughs> right.
1: And also like when you have Jeremy Lin, it's like, "Oh, how about how about that Orlando Magic roster that's uh 80% defenders?" Yeah. Like,
2: like, that's a good place for Jeremy Lin. Um, but anyway, uh, this, this to me is actually what's happening right now is just like the NBA needs a real minor
1: league. That's what's crunching these guys out. Oh, that there's no, there's nowhere to like send down a guy and stash him.
2: Right. Well, and it's not even just sending them down. It's. Having the ability to develop young players while also trying to compete right now. Well, yeah, because the G League is basically trash. Right. It's it's only good for stashing 17-year-old foreigners <laughs> who are pretending they don't speak English because you told them to. Just right. something the Warriors did this year, last year.
1: But yeah, like like those teams just have... Aren't, aren't G League games kind of unwatchable? Yes. Because there's like a ton of roster turn. Now, there are a lot of um, NBA vets playing in the G League. Mm-hmm. Like there's a lot of pretty old dudes But there. I'm not even yeah. suggesting Carmelo and Jeremy Lin
2: would be in the G League. I'm suggesting some of the, your Travion Grams would. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So like... The rosters are too small for NBA teams to be able to, like, have veterans who can play. And also develop young guys. To me is the problem
1: here. I think it's more the the sea change in attitudes. I don't think there's that much of a roster crunch. Because there's a lot of teams that don't even fill their roster. Yeah. But... Yeah, man, and unfortunately, the natural destination for Carmelo Anthony would be the Knicks.
2: Yeah. The Knicks uh, should bring both of these guys back. It would be hilarious, and people would love it.
1: I mean, look, the the Knicks have proved that there's no limit to the amount of power forwards they could acquire this postseason.
2: <laughs> How funny... Yeah, because Amari Stoudemire is also trying to get back in the league. Sign all three.
1: Well, I don't. I don't think Amari is an <laughs> NBA player anymore. Anyway. Yeah, but
2: it would be so funny. Like if you're going to sign the two, you might as well also sign Amari Stoudemire to have him around. You know what I mean? It would be hilarious.
1: Yeah, but but Joey, like, where are you going to be able to find minutes for? Um, gosh, Bobby, Bobby Portis. Portis? <laughs> That Knicks roster is completely (laughs) weird. I will have something about um, the New York Knicks this week, by the way. Um,
2: Okay. Uh, The other story I really wanted to talk about. We'll do... We'll talk about Senegal later this week, too.
1: Okay, great. great. Let's
2: just do this real quick one. Um, Uh Anthony Davis,
1: Sean, Uh uh, is afraid of the dark. Uh, I, I... This this is a fresh story to me, Joey.
2: So he was on something called That's What She Said with Sarah Spain. Oh boy. And she asked, which apparently is an ESPN show. Um and she asked about what his biggest failure was and uh the one thing he would most want to improve him about himself. And um He said, me being scared of the dark. Uh, And then he said, uh, when he goes to sleep, uh, TV on, bathroom light on, some light has to be on. I wish I wasn't scared of the dark. Uh, And then he explained that, quote, he, sorry, that he, quote, watched too many crazy movies when I was a kid and it just, it messed me up for life.
1: Well, so he has he has PTSD,
2: Joey. <laughs> and then Sarah Spain asked him, um, uh-huh. but what if there was a, a significant other in his life who needed to sleep in darkness? And he said, we ain't going to make it. <gasps> it's over
1: with. Oh, my God. That's. Well, OK, here to me, I had one immediate reaction to hearing this. Huh? He must have been scared all the time playing in New Orleans like that. That is just (laughs) that it's a spooky city. It's just a lot of big cemeteries, a lot of like, oh, man, him just sitting with the lights on, thinking about all the ghosts and the voodoo Mm -hmm. and like just just like going to the arena and being like, oh, look, another ghost tour. Is coming by, mm-hmm. great. Oh, look, it's Anne Rice's mansion. Great.
2: Uh, I had like.
1: Do you think he got like really scared at the beginning of games when like the arena lights went
2: down? <laughs> well, I'm wondering if he was scared on the Harry Potter ride when I saw him. Oh yeah, that's why they that's were like dark. no pictures.
1: <laughs> He's crying. <laughs>
2: um, but I had a very different immediate reaction than you. And uh Lakers fans, buckle up, because my immediate reaction was, shit, this is a Dwight Howard-ass story.
1: Oh, man, yes, it is. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> That's, uh...
2: <laughs> so, um... Be careful out there, Lakers fans. Yeah,
1: I don't I don't like that at all. Like <laughs> sleeping with the, the light on. Cause it's different than um Do you do you remember Gilbert Arenas' thing? That he just wouldn't let anyone sleep in a bed with him. Vaguely. Keep going. It's just one of the many weird things about Gilbert Arenas. And that is like definitely him being an asshole. But I can see how that's like, oh, I can see that quality. You know what well, I mean? Also, that's like he's mental illness, I think. <laughs> that is mental illness, but it's also mob mentality, I think. Yeah, yeah, sure. But fear of the dark and like still being scared of movies you saw like 10 or 15 years ago uh-huh. is just a lot more troubling, mm-hmm. I think. Uh, just... What do you think the scariest movie he saw was? Okay, so he's. I'm just I'm I'm doing the math. So I'm gonna Actually, say this you to, know what? Before you would give a joke answer. Oh no no, <laughs> no, I'm 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 trying to count back and look at like I want what he would have seen when he was like ten years old.
2: Everyone who listens to this show, please tweet at Anthony Davis and ask him what the scariest movie he saw when he was a kid was. Yeah. Yeah. Exa- yeah. Right. That's what we. Let's that's what I want to hear. Here. That's S-
1: uh, we. We get. I think we can figure this out. Actually. Crowdsource journalism. I bet he'd say it if he was asked yeah. a, by our uh, by roundball army.
2: Yeah. Everybody listening, ask Anthony Davis what the scariest movie he saw as a kid was. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you what I think it was. Uh, yeah. I think it was uh, his friend telling him the Bloody Mary urban legend. <laughs>
1: That And he was like, that's a movie. That's a movie. <laughs> Do you think that there was like a scary movie he saw that involved a razor? And that was the point when he was like, nope, I guess these eyebrows are just going to grow together in a gross caterpillar. What if he saw a no razor coming near my, my eye? What if he oh, says... Yeah, what, if, what if it was like that weird Unchen Andalou? <laughs> and he was like, oh, that's a razor by an eyeball. Never.
2: What if he's like? Uh, I saw audition when I was seven years old. Um, <laughs> uh, but what, what I was like,
1: not that scared. Uh,
2: that's that thoughts. was going to be my next thing. What if he's like M Night Shyamalan signs?
1: <laughs> I was going to say like hocus pocus. <laughs> I mean, time-wise, he could have seen the sixth sense when he was like seven years old. hmm And I could see that being pretty scary. It's not that scary. like for a, a small child. The beginning's pretty that, scary.
2: That movie's boring for a small child, frankly. It is it's boring. a lot of but Bruce that, Wills just sitting quietly
1: in a room. The beginning's very scary, sure. I think. But sure. yeah, I I agree with you. <laughs> um M. I, M. nights M Night's films are much more like troubling and unsettling than actually scary.
2: Mm-hmm. Especially when that lady is asking Mark Wahlberg if she stole his lemon drink.
1: Oh yeah. And what about, what about <laughs> that, that pickpocket character?
2: Um, all right. I think that's our episode. I think you're right. Yeah. Sean, uh, congratulations, Blazers fans on CJ McCollum getting an extension. We're not going to make Gasol. fun of
1: you. Um. <laughs> look, look, Pau Gasol is a great blazer to just. Let's well, see. That's the kind of legacy signing that teams are still doing. Yeah. But like. Yeah, it's cause, because of the wildly pro Spanish bias. I'm going
2: to say this right now. Jeremy Lin is better than Pau Gasol right now.
1: He is. He is. He's more useful. Um. All right. Pau Gasol is probably a fucking delight, though.
2: Uh, I don't know. I heard from some people with knowledge, uh, that he was a pain in the ass and not very fun to be around in both Chicago and San Antonio. Ooh. Okay. No, I'm not gonna tell you who told me that, but
1: I think I know.
2: And that he definitely does not want to like help young guys. That's the other thing I've heard.
1: So, well, why is he going to Portland then? I think like, he thinks he like... can play. Maybe he can see some, like, don't
2: they have five centers? Yeah, but I think he thinks, uh, okay, Zach Collins isn't ready. Nurk is out for the season. And everyone hates us on Whiteside. I think I can start in like a month. Oh, my God. Isn't Nurk back
1: in like December? I don't know, man.
2: Um, anyway, uh, Sean, what do you have to plug? Uh,.
1: Come see me at Rooster Tea Feathers August uh, it's next weekend August uh 8th to 11th I think mm-hmm. I don't know what day it is anymore Joey <laughs> Yeah 8th, 8th to the 11th um That's and let it. me know if you want
2: Sunnyvale, yeah. California featuring, featuring
1: for Nate Jackson the interior clearly used to be a pizza place Uh the first um the first pong game was there that's true. Um, there is
2: a plaque on the wall that says it.
1: Yeah, it was um, funny. The The Pong game actually broke after like a day or two. And the guys were like, well, I guess video games suck. And then it turned out that the machine broke because there was too much money inside it. Because it was so popular. Um, oh, and um, I have an article about Chris Paul on Yard Barker where I'm like nice about Chris Paul for the most part. And uh, I'm sorry. I'll what did to- you do with Sean. I know. I know. It was more like I was able to be negative about Russell Westbrook. So that kind of, you know what I mean? Just a
2: Um. All right. Cool. It's
1: spread uh, around with my enemies. Uh,
2: As for me, you can always follow me on Twitter at Frankie Muniz, where five hours ago I tweeted we making brownies on our bus, y'all. Who's coming over? Meet us in Banff at Pagey Price.
1: Do they? Does he not have her number? Maybe. <laughs> Just throwing it out there. Um,
3: <laughs> don't
1: don't be like tweeting your location to your girlfriend like that. That's. Uh, on, they're on man.
2: the Agent bus together. Cody Banks, never. <laughs> um, Sean, did you write a song?
1: I did. I did. This is about. Uh, this is about Ben Simmons.
2: Oh we didn't even talk about that.
3: Um
1: Yeah.
2: Well
3: we'll talk about it later.
2: uh, Okay.
1: (laughs) Well this song is a uh Uh aha song. Mm -hmm. collaboration. It's called Take a Three. Yeah, okay. Uh and
2: um Trust the Process. That's the process. And uh, shut it down. Tweeted Anthony Davis. Let's find out what scary movies he's seen.
0: Ow, ow, ow.
3: Dribbling away. The shot is there, but he don't take it. He won't shoot the J. Even Gandhi was more into shooting. Isn't it tragic? Ben is not allowed to talk to magic tape a three Take a three Shoot the ball Take a 3 J JJ's gone To New Orleans So Philly is strange They had kept space But no spacing What's up with Ben? He's playing like it's the 1970s, pass to Embiid If he balls out, he'll get a day with Riri Take a three, take a three Shoot the ball, take a three He'll be with You know, if this one hit wonder were a free safety for the Green Bay Packers, they'd be AHAHA Clinton Dix.
1: If they were a Korean big man for the Portland Blazers who got into a crazy practice fight involving a large beam of wood, they'd be AHA Sung Jin. And of course, if this band was the laugh of finals MVP Kawhi Leonard, they'd be.
3: <laughs> oh, he's not lefty A clutch client, not A clutch shooter down under, not downtown The Boston fans all say he's a coward They're talking trash But he stole Al Horford away Take a three Take a three shoot the ball. Take a three, three. J Jay, Jay's gone to New Orleans. Take, take a, a three. three, take a shot. Take a three, he'll be withdrawn in two years. One hit wonder,
1: we talking about Carmelo Anthony in a fight, but we kid.
0: Hold up.